Hi guys, this is Sakai London UK. For a long time I've wanted to cover my experience of holding a weapon and really give my account about why I did that and um, maybe add some light why young people feel the need to walk with weapons today and yeah, really just say why I did it, really to acknowledge that it's going on and there are reasons and maybe some people feel like there's no there's no good reason for carrying a weapon at any time but then i would say yes that would be true depending on what environment you was raised around and what 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 was your reality what was your daily experience what daily traumas did you have to go through and live you know so, um, yeah, I'm just going to make this one short. I'm going to try and over-waffle it. So, yeah, coming next will be that. Why I carried a weapon. And, yeah, why I stopped carrying a weapon. And why I don't feel the need to today. So, yeah, guys, I'm back. I'm going to make this one maybe in two parts. Because there's two... I feel like there's three stories. I recall when I was a teenage girl... Uh, I was college age now and I remember I had decided that I had left my boyfriend's house and it was really dark and I was just like to myself saying to him that he needed to give me a weapon because he was gonna leave me halfway and we lived on two different estates, housing estates in um, South London and um, I saw that he had a like a pen knife inside his um, room and I asked him for it because I wasn't gonna um, be assaulted on the way home by anyone and I was prepared I can say I was confident and prepared to use it should somebody um, trouble me while walking you know it was quite late and it was um, it was summer but I'd stayed longer than expected really at his house and I didn't feel I would say as confident to go because I knew I was living in an area that was rampant with crime and people when I say rampant with crime bodies were um, discovered on the state I lived in different strange places bin sheds um, there was quite a lot of um, killings in my neighborhood and that was the environment I was in as well as it was high it was rampant with sexual assault and drugs in the area. It was uh, it was just like a common thing um, for women to experience. And yeah, I had already experienced sexual assaults at this time, um, in the early stage of my life. And I was, I was, I knew that was some, that was a part of the risk of going out and returning late. So yeah. That was my reasons and then um, there was some people on the estate that were trying to run things. They were trying to intimidate certain folk. And yeah, I would say um, when I was much younger, I maybe was feeling intimidated by them. But then it got to a stage where I was like, you know what? Fuck with me then. Let's see if you're going to fuck with me because I ain't going to be the one to take it today. I done lost enough. And um, yeah, I would say that's another thing as well. When you're growing up in a rough area, as a female, depending on your role model, you might take on more of a masculine type of um, 
mindset and I had I had no choice I had no choice but to take on a masculine mindset to survive in my environment and I remember I remember I had this um guy that was our next door neighbor in our old area um we lived close to Campbell Green when I say Campbell Green I'm kind of lying now actually <laughs> but I'm just gonna say, say we wasn't really living in Brixton at that time it was like borderline you know so I was living on um Lovian Road at the time and I was living in Dalkeith House and um there was a guy beside and I'm going away from the knife story but I remember him kind of like training me as a youngster and putting me through lessons like trying to build my body up and basically showing me how to box and defend myself i think i feel confident that he knew what i'd might more likely experience as soon as i bust into my puberty so um i really appreciate um him and he knew he knows who he is and um yeah he left the neighborhood and obviously went on to great things with his family and um was very successful in his what he was carving out you know he was a, he was my first entrepreneur i saw that guy do everything he was cutting hair was cutting my brother's hair and he was he was he was a paper chaser seriously he was he was a real hustler and um he was a good one at that and yeah inspired me i think that's when i got that burst of knowing that this whole entrepreneur thing like was really real he he brought it to life you know our, our electricity in our house always used to go out so i didn't learn about entrepreneurism through television or main media i learned it through i learned it through um contact with him engaging with him seeing and watching his movements on the far as a youngster and being inspired so yeah that was that was a fun memory and yeah i do change the story i'm going to several but it's just like sometimes you could be speaking about something and then it's just going to bring back another memory that's interconnected with your story. So, yeah, he, he kind of he kind of made me know, you know what, Sophia, train your body. And I was already training in my house, I would say, like I've already told you guys from early, I was training. But he he continued. He saw that I was doing it and I was I was going far with it and I even remember there was a childhood friend who said Sophia you know what you could actually compete you know like you could do um weightlifting or some kind of um what's it called it training but um yeah that's how I was really I was training my body to be a machine and at the same time I think at that time where I was most aware, where I was getting bullied at high school to a certain degree it was kind of like nitpicking I didn't really have it as bad as some people, you know, um, that was like little stupid names that would be thrown here and there. But um, when it comes to the knife carrying, I think it had been a lot of different layers had covered over my life and suppressed me. And I just kind of was like, you know, I ain't taking this shit anymore. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of child abuse from early and then a lot of, um, a lot of conditioning, a lot of removing of one's right and liberty um, in one's community. And there would, be other there would be other children that would be of strong characters and they would all be breaking everybody off and kind of like saying, yeah, this is how you can have 
just this much liberty because based on your financial status so there was a lot of fuckery and um I kind of got really to the point where I didn't want to move with anyone didn't want to walk with anyone so yeah I started walking with a knife knowing that this knife was gonna be my my actual bona fide this knife was gonna make sure nobody definitely was able to cross the line and definitely have to hurt me or wound me I was prepared to wound someone else and I felt like it was my right because I had the right to be protected at all times and keep myself safe and that was my law for myself it wasn't man's law man's law um, did nothing for my life so I was angry and I was um I was a bit of like a I was enraged I was enraged about a lot of stuff that had happened to me so sometimes when I looked at that knife as well it would be a reminder of all the liberties that had been taken with me and it was like it was like the knife was calling out to me to say you know what hold me I'll keep you safe so yeah that's what it was really why I stopped carrying a knife I would say I got to the stage where I knew I was obviously a mother I stopped um, before I left my teenage years but I won't even lie I know there's a lot of people that would be lying through their gums and their teeth and say yeah I never carried a knife that is so bad but l let's be keeping it real there's definitely a few mums that probably look like they would their butter wouldn't even melt in their mouth or something like they would they're the best of the best or I don't know I don't know they're the Joneses but some of them definitely could have had a weapon on them you just they just never got caught do you understand so sometimes people who get um stopped and search and found with a weapon maybe they fit the stereotype they're wearing a hood they're covered maybe they've got um gloves on they got um night track suit on they're wearing sportswear um trending sportswear that's in keeping with um maybe that type of environment of people who may be wearing um the same type of clothes so it looks like they're part of a culture of people who are hustlers and maybe um criminals or whatever uh, maybe they're wearing a cap or whatever they're in black clothing and they look like they're trying to um they're trying to blend into the night so they will be hard to detect you know um so yeah definitely there's definitely people and i know it for a fact because i've seen it there's definitely people that are holding knives and it seems like the youths are now seeing an uprise of other youths carrying knives and they're seeing a lot of killings that's going on and they're thinking, I could be next. So they, they ain't got this under control yet. So I might as well carry a knife and that's, that's probably being honed in. And I can say for, for sure, if I was growing up in this time, and this is not to say to any youth that is young and going through the same ride um, to carry a knife, definitely not. Because even if you do survive and you're the one holding the knife, what I'm saying to you is you need to check this, this part of the script. You might stab somebody they might not injure you, but it is caught on, it is caught by someone. Everyone is out there filming and you might say, you know what? Better to be alive than die. But what good is it to be banged up in prison? Like to be rotting in a cage, like, you know? So sometimes I I do believe like whatever you walk with, whatever you, 
you stand for, that will meet you. And we've seen it time and time again. So those people who run with drugs and run with firearms or run with knives, you're more likely to come into a situation where whoever's going to want to rock you is going to know you carry. So they're going to be prepared to stab you and it's not even going to be a fist and fist, you know. So um, my advice would be for young people or let's not even be foolish now. I just admitted to carrying knives at different times of my life. And I, I'll do another story about when I carried knife um, after this. But what I'm saying is people have to assume everyone's carrying knives. Don't underestimate anyone. Don't be getting so close up in anyone's space and be on your P's and Q's and don't be starting no drama first off because it ain't worth it. Because imagine getting stabbed for saying, what are you looking at me for? That's an idiot flex. Like, really? The times we're living in now, everybody should be socially distanced in any way. We're in a pandemic, so I don't even know why people want to be shouting up about something that don't even matter and yes the pressure is real right now but we don't need to be starting arms house about a pettance you know what i mean a lot of times in the times i grew up in people were um there was definitely some people um i was born in the 80s so there was definitely people that were like you know what take liberties anyone take liberties of um they're gonna get it but they're gonna get it meaning they're gonna get broke up and get punched up and know themselves but what i'm saying is like now you you are more you're more aware that people are they've got to that they've got to that um place in their life where so many people have had violations of all violations they've seen their loved ones they've seen their friends been shot they've seen people um dead so people are walking wounded every day and you don't know what's going to make that young person tick it doesn't have to be a knife. They could pick up something and stab you. So what I'm saying is, if you are carrying a knife, know that you're more likely to lose your life from a blade. And if you're carrying a gun, you're more likely to be shot, you know? Or someone you love is more likely to be killed. And that's the truth of the matter we see every day. And there's definitely people who die who were just in a court in a crossfire. And you might say, Sophia, what's this got to do with anything? I remember when I was a teenager and someone put a firearm in my hands. And I remember feeling pressurised to know that this man was putting a, a firearm in my hand. And I was thinking, he's a gunman. So how how am I going to say, no, I don't want to take it? How How is a young person going to be able to say, no, I don't want to take it? Who's going to protect them? You get what I'm saying? So... It's not as easy sometimes as people think. Some of these youths been told to carry some things. People need to actually recognise that. Some youths have been told, you better hold this or you'll get it, you know. So sometimes I feel like society needs to really be open to say, you know what, there's many people that will be able to say, you know, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that. But you won't know what you're going to do unless you're facing that situation. So sometimes be mindful that we don't all walk outside our house and see nice flies, um, flowers, semi-flies. We don't all walk outside our house and see nice flowers and no trash and um, it's not rampant with crime. And we can walk down to the, uh, we can walk down to our local shop and no one's going to try and jack us or no one's going to try and stab us or we're not going to get into it. 
we're not going to get stopped and such. Some people get terrorised by the police. Fact. Daily. Yeah, they've been having that since they were young. So they are always on high alert. And then imagine on top of that, they got youths that have been setting for them for no reason. Because they just got these new sneakers that they've been waiting for a whole year for. You know what I mean? And someone wants to take it off them. But they've waited. And they haven't had it easy. And they might not even have a dad in the home. Because he might be dead or maybe he's just walked out on them, you know. So they've been taking a lot of stuff. And maybe they've seen their mom get beat up by all of the guys that came in the house. So they got that rage and they got that kind of stance that I must protect my mum. I had to protect my mum and I, I took some licks and I saw my mum take some licks. And maybe they're saying, you know what, I ain't having it anymore. So they're carrying that knife because they've been traumatised and society's failed them and they ain't had anyone to go to. So what I'm saying on this podcast, I'm not condoning, I'm not condoning people carrying weapons. I'm just saying it's a reality. And society needed to be ready to embrace all of the people that were broken at the bottom. Because yes, they were going to rise up and they were going to kick back and say, yeah, I'm here. Do something. Yeah, do something. Try, try me today. So what I'm saying is, if society wants to use to start putting down the knives, then I don't know. Legislation needs to change, definitely. The way the police handle the use has to change, definitely environments home life has to be safer and schools need to be more a place of nurturing because as we know our youngsters spend more time in school than at home so they're learning a lot of they're learning a lot about life at school and you might say it's not the school's fault it's not the school's fault what they um, become but it's a part of it it's a part of it it's a factor so if they're suppressed and they're being abused at home, then when they go to school, they're being abused. Then what are they going to become? What options are going to be on the table for that youngster before they leave and have to do their GCSE? They're more likely to say, you know what? Fuck it. They broke me. I'm going to break up some shit. You know? I remember I punched out so many, so many windows, so many cars. I was so enraged with... What I was passing through as a youngster, I used to go out and when shit got peak at home, I'd just go down certain streets and I'd just be punching out and blocking up cars, like 50 cars in one night. And I didn't care whose car it was. You think these youngsters care if they're going to stab you? They don't care. Nobody's cared about them. So if people were tired of the stabbing and all of the killing, we need to come together and say, you know what, I see your pain. Each one teach one. And it can't just be, ah, oh, all i got to take care of is my children. No, everyone's child matters, you know what I mean? And I would say to the youth then, definitely reach out to someone in your community that you know is doing things that is helping your community rise. Like, there's definitely going to be in everyone's neighbourhood, they're going to have youth leaders and there's going to be community champions reach out connect with them get involved in the projects there's always a way out you know poverty doesn't have to be um for you you know i would say poverty we can be born into poverty but is poverty really poverty in certain situations let's be honest i grew up in a first world country feeling like i was growing up in a third world country you know what i mean 
And yes, it may feel like you don't have any options. And all of the options are saying, no, I've got to hold this, got to do this. And this is the only thing I know. It ain't nothing getting better for me because my grades are shit. All right, your grades might be shit right about now, but how about you pick up a book? Pick up a book and put down that knife. And while you're at home, you can put that knife in your drawer and you can just flex and read that book at your desk. Or maybe you just you ain't got a desk, so you're going to just sit on the floor and read that book. Take up some knowledge in your head. And that's going to be the greatest weapon that you will ever hold. And no one will be able to take that away from you. No matter what they're coming to you with, that's going to be power. So yeah, guys, this was Sophia London. My message is not to condone those who are holding knives. It's to say there's a reason. Recognise there's a reason why they're holding it. Some, for some of them, it ain't a choice. They've been broken. They've been broken and they've been let down and they've slipped through the net. And you might say, well, that's not all of them. Some of them are choosing to be bad. I don't believe anyone would choose to be bad at any time just by choice. No, they're traumatised. Anyone who's going to say, no, I, I choose to be bad. I'm the gangster. I'm choosing to be the gangster. Really? And this person was once a child? What have they passed through? And you might say, that don't matter. If they're bad, they're bad. Everything matters. Their story matters. Someone didn't hear them. Maybe someone done violated them and now they're just licking out because they're saying, you know what? You people ignored me. So now you're going to see me. And if I have to get my ass in jail, I don't care. Because I've been bleeding inside. So now they're just going to feel like they just want to do somebody something because so much shit's been happened to them. I know I've been there. I've been in that place because when I was going for my trauma therapy... I remember coming out of there and I felt like I wanted to mash up some people on the road. Every man I saw, I wanted to push his ass into the bus. I wanted to brock up shit. So let me tell you, I'm not saying like, oh, it's okay and it's right. No, that's not my message. I'm saying overstand that there's definitely a deep wound, more than the knife in their hand that we need to be looking and paying attention to. And if we're only going to be telling them to put down the knife, but we're not going to deal with all of the factors that are around that individual, then they will never put down the knife. And the murders and all of the youngsters that's lives are being taken will keep happening. So let's look at more than them holding the knife. Let's focus on what factors are making them feel they, their only option at this stage is to pick up the knife. Guys, this was Sophia London okay? And yeah, um, I'll do another one around this issue and topic going forward. But like I said, my message is not to inspire and say, I applaud those carrying knives. I'm just saying, I know why I did. I know why some of them do. And it's saying, you know what? Yes, you do have an option. Put it down, pick up a book, educate yourself. And break the chains and the cycle of your press of your oppression and go forward and be great. Whoever stopped you on your track, whoever removed all of your peace and you feel like your only protection is now your knife or your con. Pick up a book. That's gangster. Pick up a book and do something and don't even tell anyone when you're building, building silence and so no one can be hating you. And when you bust from your environment and you're free from that environment that's been breaking you down, then you can say, you know what? I took back my life. I took back 
my control for my abusers and I'm free. And I didn't need to take anyone's life in order to break free. I just needed to believe in me. So I'm asking you to believe in yourself and know that there is an option. You don't have to give up to get out of this situation. I know I gave up so many times. Don't give up on yourself. Turn that pain into power. This was Sophia Long UK. Much love to you.